Hello, fairy tale friends. It's me, your old pal Santa Claus. I heard that you've been very good this year, so I've asked my friends Tara and Ryan to record a very special episode just for you. So grab your hot cocoa and cozy up by the fire. It's time for Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. Ho, 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 ho. Listeners, and welcome to... An episode, a mini tale of Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. Uh, Not only a mini tale, but a episode of childhood trauma theater. It's a, it's a double whammy. It's a, it's a, it's a double dose of December uh, decadence. I did pretty good there. I couldn't think of a D word to mm-hmm. the end. Um, I, I, I did, wow, what a movie! <laughs> well, we should say what the movie yes. is. So today, uh, we examined a, a, you know, the the point of childhood trauma theater is to think about, you know, find movies that may have affected you in weird ways as a child. But today we did one that apparently only affected me as a child because I can't find anybody else who ever watched (laughs) this. And I thought of it this year and I went on Amazon and sure enough, they had a DVD copy and I went, heck, I'm getting it. Let's do this. I'm going to infect terror with this. And so today we are watching the Today we watched the 1985 Rankin and Bass stop motion version of L. Frank Baum's The Life and Adventures of Santa Claus. Tara, let's off the top get your <laughs> just general impressions of this classic. The class, you know, there's certain things we know about Santa Claus and it's that he uh, was raised by a lion and a wood nymph. <laughs> he uh, was... And, and started a battle between immortals and uh, the 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 evil Agwas. These are things that we just know from the telling of 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 Santa Claus. So this story must have been familiar to you. Oh, uh, yes. And by yes, I mean not at all. What was like? I think I I, I almost knew we need to start doing a time until Tara goes. What are we watching? It was pretty soon. For this one. It didn't get very far into it. So I love the stop motion, the Here Comes Santa Claus, and oh, what's the Santa other Claus one? Santa Claus is coming to town. Santa Claus is coming uh, to town. The one with the like. Rudolph. Burm, burm. Yeah, this is the Rudolph. Red Nose Reindeer. These are it's all the, the guys same. who do that. So yes. I enjoyed that piece of it. I love their creativity. And I will say the creativity of each character and how... Uh, intricately they were designed and the details I found very interesting. The story is kind of bonkers. <laughs> and it like we're going to go into it, listeners, but first and foremost, it if you have as... ever heard of this movie, if you have ever seen this movie, you need to contact us because I am so curious who out there besides Ryan has seen it. It was televised, so we know. It's apparently often reshown on Freeform's like 25 Days of Christmas. Interesting. Because I'm sure, probably at weird times, like three in the morning. <laughs> yeah, so I would love to know if anyone has seen this. And again, you know how to contact us 707 Yo TRPD1. That's 707 Yo TRPD1. Call us if you remember seeing this. Call us if during the, this episode you go, wait. I, I, I feel like people might have seen it and just been put in the back of their head and they thought it was some weird fever dream. <laughs> and now I'm going to trigger some memory where they're like, wait, that was real? Yeah. Because, you know, typically we, uh, you know, with some of these movies, 
we're trying to get through a lot of info. And we're kind of like, well, maybe we'll just tell you a little bit, and then we'll maybe spoil a little. No. no, we're gonna tell you the whole thing here. I don't know how you're gonna watch this again. I bought it the DVD as a two pack. So there's nowhere to find it streaming. Digitally. No. Okay. I, that's how we would have done this. This is the only way I could find this movie. I thought maybe you bought it because you're attached to it. No. <laughs> I mean, I love it, but I would have had it. Digital would have been fine. Okay. If I really was attached to it, I would have gotten a Blu-ray. The only one I could find was a DVD twofer with this and something called Nestor the Long-Eared Christmas Donkey. Which we will be watching this season. I'm sure we will. <laughs> um, first, let's get a little bit of background on this. This uh, was based on a... Story by L. Frank Baum, a 1902 story. Uh, I read it a little bit before we watched this. I've read it a few times. Uh, it's one I, I gave for Christmas one year to uh, um, our past guest, Jeremy. And I don't know if he's actually watched it or, or, or read it. Uh, I could understand that. It's a very short read. So honestly, if you want to do this story, that might be the best way to get a hold of it. Well, and it and watch seems... some clips on YouTube. Actually... In hindsight, I think the whole thing's on YouTube. So if that's if that's it, we'll put the link up for that. Well, and it seems when we were watching it, you would reference the story, and it seems like the story made a little bit more sense as far as cohesion goes with a couple of plot points. Well, it's also, you know, the, there's a limiter of your imagination. I guess that's and it, true. And I yeah. also think they start the story with the story... Let's let's talk a little bit about the framing device because this movie starts as any good Christmas movie does with the procession of the immortals. Well, first it starts with the man in the beard, but it is Ack, not the Santa great Claus. woodsman Ack. Yes, who has an antler crown, which yes. is pretty cool. He's essentially Gandalf. Yeah, I describe this as if like the Lord of the Rings met Santa Claus. Yeah, it's similar to that. I, I would say it's a good analogy. And Timothy, the sound imp? His name, Tingler. Tingler, Tingler. I, think, I, I don't think Tingler's in the book. I didn't finish all of it. I got to the War with the Aguas and I stopped. It's it's Act so the Great Woodsman and Tingler, the sound imp. Yes, and... Your favorite character in all of fiction. <laughs> yes. The Great Act uh, opens it up. He's got a, a long beard with a crown of antlers as any great Santa would have. But he's not Santa. He's not, but I he starts with Is that what your like thought Santa. is you're like, is this the Santa well, character? Well at first, yeah, I wasn't sure what was going on because <laughs> We had to rewind we see, a few times. We see Santa very quickly and then it like goes into this whole thing. Oh yeah, yeah. It starts with Santa flying by in like the traditional red outfit and everything. Yeah, and with the Santa that looks similar to the other stop motion films. I think it's just drawn straight from that because I don't think he ever wears that outfit in this. I don't know uh, when those came out. It'd be interesting. Those came out before these. Those came out before. The, okay. Like, I think uh, Rudolph is the late 60s and this is 1985. Okay. So, yeah. Tingler knows lots of languages and he wants to make sure that you know that he knows lots of languages. Yes. And he, he says a whole bunch, including like bird calls and... And that, I didn't mind the bird calls and stuff, but like when he'd choose a word to say in like six or seven different languages, it just got old kind of quickly. And it wasn't every word and it wasn't like a specific word. It was just like whenever he thought. Yes. Tingler is easily the Jar Jar Banks of this otherwise perfect film. (laughs) Yes. Um, Tingler's not in the book. I think they added Tingler because 
I think the lion runs around with him. I forgot her name. The lioness. I did not write her name. That's down. fine. I may Listen. have written it down later. But and he, she follows him around, and like, but they can also do internal monologues. So they needed someone there for him to talk to. I see. To. Okay. And so, he stinks. So then, the great act. Yes. Talks about how this is Santa's last sleigh ride. Well, he, first he said, first Tingler's like, the immortals are here. And this procession of like weird, strange characters who I, I that I don't think this framing device is in the book. Um, like the wind demon who's like this like four armed weird well, thing. And, and then that's like, what I was saying. They put so much detail in each one of these immortals. And, and then the opening credits the opening are over credits them. Are over all of them. So I'm like, get rid of those opening credits. Like, I want to see them. They parade in. They It's a procession. Yes. They procession in with this really dark and intense music singing about immortality. Immortality. Like it's Something like that. Very yeah. deep voices. And it was just very confusing because they're throwing a lot at you at once. And then you hear about it being Santa's last city ride. Because he's going to be visited by the spirit of death. Yes, that's right, listeners. You heard me. Santa is going to be visited by the spirit of death. So they start telling you like, about five minutes into this movie. Yeah, we're here to decide whether Santa dies or not. And then they go, well, let me tell you the story. And the story starts as any good story. I've made this joke already. As any good Santa Claus story should start. And that's with child abandonment. There is a child abandoned in the snow at the at the well, at the edge of the forest of Berzee, and Ack finds it. And the whole purpose of him telling the story is they're trying to decide should Santa does he deserve to be immortal? Yes, we've never bestowed immortality upon a mortal. Should we do it? Yes, and it's called the mantle of immortality. Yes. So that's the whole idea. They basically want to make Santa immortal, but because he is a mortal. That's unique in this situation. And we also find out that immortals cannot have children. So that's yes. another. Well, like, they're not born. They're, bo- they're like, in the song. It's like they're born as they are. They just come into being. Yes, but they don't have kin. Yes. They don't have children. And right. so we find that out, too, which is what kind of makes this because different. he takes uh, cl- uh, the baby to the lioness and, and leaves it- him with the lioness and asks her to give her. Santa, give Santa her milk. Because Which was a line they could have cut from this. Yeah, it's in the book. I don't think they needed that. I Oh, oh Shigras? Is that the Shigra line? or something like that. Some, right. I wrote it down, but that doesn't mean I spelled it right. So who knows what it is. <laughs> um, oh, no, that might be the lion. It Shigra is. Shiagra. is the lion. Knee something is the nymph. So then he talks to all his nymphs about the baby. And, and one of them gets baby crazy. And listeners... <laughs> If you're wondering why I'm confused with my notes, that's how this whole thing goes. It jumbles and goes around it's- quite a bit. But yes, this nymph, Ryan said baby crazy. I don't know about that, but she's basically like well, they, they, she upset comes- that she can't have children. Yes. To me, it's more like being infertile. It's not. Well, I was being a little. I think. But you- they, she sings a whole song about not being Should able to I have-, have children. Yes. But I think they were doing it more. I think it was, I don't know. Maybe they were writing sad. it. with Yes. Yeah. So she steals the baby and says, I want to name him Claus, which means small one. In the book, it's her name is yeah, like she's... Nime or something. So they go, well, let's name him Niklaus because it'll be your little small one. And that's why he's Nicholas. 
They never say Nicholas. They don't in this. They don't oh, in the, the book. Oh, in the book. Yeah, I was going to yes. say they never refer to him as Nicholas. Yeah, and I'm sorry to go back to that song, Singing About Emptiness. She <laughs> sings about emptiness. Like, it is a sad song. Sorry. I had to make sure that that was clear. Okay. Uh, so she takes care of Santa. They call him Claus in this. Yes. So, yes, in the book, it sounds like they make a more of a connection to Nicholas. Nicholas is never mentioned in the movie, which... I kind of mentioned later on here, but we they, also meet uh, Peter, the the Nook, who's like in charge of all the animals of the forest, who's like this bent over dude. The Nooks have the biggest tails in like their half their body. Do you remember that these yeah. huge tails? So we meet him. He'll play a bigger part later. And then this is where my notes are. It's confusing the past and the present because yes. they have the present where all the immortals come. They sit around this table, and then but then Ak the also Ak gives. Talks at, tells this tale but then he also goes back to that table to give all the nymphs directions about santa as a baby and so it's a little confusing as to what is happening they're cutting a few corners here on uh, the set budgets um we then get a uh tarzan or uh jungle book-esque montage of a babe in the woods baby song. claws uh growing up amongst the animals of the woods Yes. You know animals you see in the woods, like an elephant or a cheetah. Yeah, and then Claus as a man, uh, the great Ack wants to take him to see mortals. Mm-hmm. And this is where uh, the nymph, I believe she says, I'm what mortals would call your mother. So she starts to educate him a little bit on like what it is to be a mother. Yes. Um, and that that's kind of been her role. And so he shows him the world. He shows Santa the world of man, but they're invisible. And I, I thought the technique here was cool, how they made them yes. invisible and kind of see through, I thought was very cool. Uh, but here are the things that they see along their way in the world of man with mortals. They see mortals fighting about food, children, um, and people who are hungry and poor trying to steal turnips from one another. Well, it's not even from one another. It's a guy saying, you didn't you didn't do these fast enough, so you're going to have to work all night, and we're going to take all these turnips. And one this poor little kid tries to steal it, and he's like, no. Like, it's, you know, yeah. it's being well, and then taking it, advantage of the poor. And then it shows the nobles, kind of the rich and the powerful, and how... Uh, they talk about, well, if this keeps up, they'll be wanting to learn how to read and write next yes. if we give them food. Very ham-fisted So examples. that's one example. The next one is someone training to be a samurai, and it's a child training with, I'm assuming, a sensei or a master. I don't know in samurai what they're Yeah, I don't called. know. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but he's training with his teacher, and he's basically beats him the teacher attacks him so he yeah. doesn't get too cocky uh, i, I wrote son but i don't know that they established that they're father and son but maybe in my brain that's just what i thought they were i don't know but yeah so that happens then the third example is homeless children which we think was the middle east yes area. it felt very it was legitimately agrabah <laughs> yeah and then the last example is knights fighting and the great act says Men go to war for causes. And Santa says, are they good causes? And he goes, more often than not, no. (laughs) And then he says, men kill each other 
when they disagree. Yes. And that is all of the examples of mortals. So in, in the book, it's the idea is he's showing him what the world's like so he can decide if he wants to go back and live among them. And like, 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 Ak is like, it's time you know. Because in the book, he's like, what's a man? What's a mortal? He thought he was just his own thing, like yeah. everybody else who just, he was different than everyone else. And so they show him and he... They, they kind of just talk about, like, they saw many things. They saw the rich. They saw the poor. They saw men who fought each other, men who loved each other, blah, blah, blah. And then they talk about, th- there's no good examples in this. It's that's, all bad That's examples. the point I wanted to make, is men that love each other, like, that, I, I think this scene would have been better. They gave four examples of the cruelty of the world. It would have been nice to have at least one example. Yes. Of the kindness in the world because they kind of portray it as if Santa, as if Claus, is the only nice mortal in the entire well, world. It also, it doesn't even feel like that. It feels like Ack is like shaming Santa. He's like, look at what you're from. Like, he looks like yeah, there's no it's, point to it. I think it, the point is he's like, you have to go out and be this beacon of goodness. But they don't do a really good job of putting that forth. No. In the book, it's... Everything is, there's all sorts of, there's evil in the world, there's good in the world, there's this, there's that, that. But at the end of the day, like, children are always innocent and are deserving of protection and love. Like, that was what, like, that's why he decides, he's like, I'm going to go back out into the woods and I'm going to be, like, I, I'm going to take care of children. This is Yes, he, he feels like he needs to stand up for children. And so they did get that message across yes. in the movie. But I agree that I think the book, from what you've said, does a better job. Much, much better. Uh, in that part of the story. So he goes back to say goodbye to everyone. And him, Tingler, and the lioness go on this adventure. And it seems like they were going to go further but then Claus <laughs> loves the snow so much. He sees the snow. We find out what snow is in every language. And then he sees the snow. And in my notes, the, elf, laugh, the laughing valley of ho ha ho. In my notes, elf every language annoying. Yes. This is where, where Tara was like, I'm over this. And I'm like, oh, we're not even halfway through yeah. the movie, dear. Uh, not over the movie, but over that character. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Yes. Well, he does it a lot in the yes. movie. He, does, he like... I think everything else, like, this movie is bonkers, but it's fun bonkers. He's the one thing that I was like, this is a little annoying. So this was another kind of confusing part, because Claus loves the snow. He wants to make camp there for the night. So again, it kind of implies that they're going to keep going on their journey. He finds his star, and that's something the great act says, you know, but kind of finding your purpose, yes, I think, is what it was meant to be. But they kind of mention it once and then drop yeah, it. Yeah, and then we see Claus throughout the film keep looking up and seeing this star. Oh, he so does, doesn't he? He does a couple times. They just don't really go into what yeah. it means. But in my interpretation, it's kind of his greater purpose, which any, he fulfills. Any chance they get to cut to a stagnant object they take. I mean, I understand that. <laughs> So then when he wakes up, there's like this, there's a house he looks, that's there. Th- he looks he down looks, in the valley and it looks like a church is there. And then does. it cuts to inside the church and he's like toasting all the, all the nymphs and rills yeah. and nooks. And I'm like, I think they built it for him. But, but like, it could have been abandoned. They could have built it. You still think he's alone, but then you realize there's a village nearby. So this is kind of another just confusing yeah point of the film and then we cut to a slightly older puppet with like the worst facial hair yeah we watch him grow older and so to show he's grown older they give him this very odd facial hair and then it the looks next... like when i try to grow a beard honestly <laughs> and then the and next... he stares at the camera like, <sighs> like the next looks... version of him he's a little rounder and his beard's a little bit more filled out he kind of looks like 
Um, Santa Claus is coming to town, Santa. A little bit, but it's blonde instead of red. Yeah, And that yeah. one, Chris Kringle has red hair. Uh, so then... It's like dirty blonde. It's like your blonde. I think it's even lighter than mine. Oh, yeah? But okay. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's that. That would be a good description of it. So then he, I think he looks outside. I don't really know what happens, but he sees a so boy. Does cu- he walk by a boy? Hold on. It cuts to him, and they're back in his house, and Shaigra or Shigra or whatever is playing with a black cat named Blinky that he says, oh, they sent us this, you have to get along. They sent us this cat from the forest of Brzee. You have to get along. The cat eventually becomes the basis for his first toy and then disappears from the narrative. Oh, that's true. We never see the cat again. I didn't even think about that. (laughs) But they're there and they hear a noise outside that sounds like a cat. It's like, Oh, that's and I'm what it like, was. I'm trying to remember what it was because I was like, is this when the Aguas show up? Is this no? This? So he, they go I'm out. Sure, hold on, I'm, oh. I just want to point out that everybody out there is probably going, what word is he saying? He said this word Aguas a few times. We will get to it. Don't worry, you're not going insane. Oh, I thought you were talking about in the story. They've said Aguas. I was like, what? No, in no. here yes, I've yes, said yes. Aguas, and I'm sure people who haven't seen this are going, what is that word he's saying? Yes, we'll get there, <laughs> listeners. We promise. But yeah, so the sound they hear, they realize is a boy who is frozen in the snow. This boy has the thickest New York accent when he comes Santa to... Santa Claus! Yes. Uh, but I was he, walking through the snow trying to find you. Basically. Turn left at Madison Square Garden. But uh, he comes to, and he loves the cat, and he talks to Santa about the cat, and Santa is whittling. He's carving wood, but we don't know what it is yet. Yes. And so as the boy falls asleep saying he would want this cat and like it would be so nice to have a special treasure when I wake up in the morning, something like that. They go into this conversation a little bit. And so Santa gets the idea, I will make a toy version of the cat to surprise the little boy. And so then the children all sing. The boy goes back and shows it. So this kind of felt like it could be an orphanage or it could be just all the children in the town hang out together. Well, we established that toys up until this point have not existed in this world. And have not been called toys. So, so yeah, I guess they haven't everybody, existed. Everybody gets this painted wooden cat and everyone's like, oh, this is the best thing ever and with, everyone wants it. With yellow green yellow, eyes. Green eyes. No, no, they're just green. It's yep. like the song is like, with yellow green eyes. And it's like, says they're it, just green. And says it over and over yes. again. And also, then shows a close-up of the green eyes also uh there are two or three children who look kind of uh swedish mm-hmm. but their eyes are a little too close together for tara's liking <laughs> like they look a little like and they're they're really wide and they're like give us a tie and i it's couldn't like, oh, stop no. focusing on it but yeah they sing this song they want to wake up to a big surprise so yes. that kind of starts that piece of the christmas tale that we know and that's what happens in this story is bits and pieces of what we know of santa claus are developed and created in this story. So at the end of the week, they've now made dozens of toys and their goal is, okay, we'll make a bunch of toys. It's him and the wood nymphs and everybody and then we'll give them to the children. And he makes this toy and I think when he says, (laughs) when he says about the cat, when he says about the cat, he says, what should we call it or what is it? And Tingler goes through a bunch of languages and says toy. So it's been established that Tingler knows a lot of languages and and is kind of coining phrases and and words of of Mm -hmm. items and objects and whatnot. So Santa turns to him. He's made this new toy. And he says, you're so good with names. Give me a name. And he says a name in a couple different languages. And then there's a pause. 
Santa ignores his suggestion and says, verbatim, says, I'm going to call it a doll. And I just thought, You want a tingle to be like, why the f- did you ask me? That was such, yeah, that was such an F-U moment to be like, F-U, Tingler, I'm going to go with my own name after I explicitly or specifically asked you what we should call it. I literally this. do one thing here and you've yeah. taken that away from me. But Tingler gets him back in a bit because at that point, a note wrapped around a rock comes flying through the window, <laughs> oh, yeah. which I want to talk about. This whole part is when, hilarious. When you see that, it's, it makes it sound like there's like a, 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 a gang of rap scallions outside being like yeah or kids or, right here like, you go santa claus how about a rock through your window yeah and he opens it up and it says don't don't get don't give the kids any more toys if you do we're coming for you signed king agua yes. and he's like and it's like what's an agua and they cut to outside and it's just like horrible visage with like spiked lips and a nose ring and huge I like his horns. design. They're all very cool and all these yeah. furry like monsters but just the idea that they're like we're these horrible monsters that like apparently can go get other monsters we'll find out later. They like They make children do they bad make ch- things. They, they convince children to do bad things. They can turn invisible but like when faced with like how do we let this this toy maker know we don't like what he's doing I'm gonna write a note and throw and a sign rock. it and throw wrap it around this rock. Like what Kevin McAllister does to set off the alarm yes! in Home Alone 2 with the photo tag. Yeah. And so you gave away the bit with them being I, I invisible. Will. So they could turn invisible, but the way you find that out is like he goes, What's an like, what who's King Agua? And uh Tingler says everything we says except for the part of invisibility. And then he looks like he's off to bed. He goes, Oh, one more thing. They can turn invisible and no one can see them. Good night. Good night. And he says it just yeah. like that. Like, like the, I do that joke where I'm like, good night. Like, like, let me leave you. But it looks like he's almost looking at the children watching the show being like, they could be in the room with you right now. Yeah. Good night. And he's like halfway out the door as he's saying yes, it. It's, it's definitely. Comedic. Comedic. And I don't know that it was intended to be that way. Yes, it's so funny. But it was hilarious. And I told Tara at the beginning of this, there's a group of characters that I need you to to, to guess when they come on screen if they're my favorite. And I immediately And me like, oh, it's these guys. These Lord of the Rings looking like monsters. They're great, but they kidnap Claws. So that's kind of the next... First they kidnap them. Yeah. Well, they get these ropes and then apparently they just walk through the door, with through the wall with the ropes. And then they tie... Well, they're invisible. Invisible doesn't mean you can walk through walls. <laughs> Maybe they use the door. No, you watch them literally walk <laughs> through the walls and the ropes as well. Um, so they tie him up and they leave him in a cave with a big spider and a snake. And he calls uh, the nooks and they're like... Santa Claus Santa does. calls the Claus nooks because he's tied up. And they're like, how do you know us? And he's like, I know your friend Peter. And they're like, cool. And they let him go. And so then the Aguas realize it's going to be much harder to capture Claus because he seems to have friends yes. and know everyone. So and they're like, well, but we can still keep him from giving the kids toys. So Santa heads to the village and we see them steal. <laughs> Let me get this next part out. He sees... I'm sorry, listeners. <laughs> he sees... He, <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> we watch them steal the toys, which is just a funny bit because they're invisible and everything's like floating away. <laughs> this isn't the part we're laughing at. This is not at. the part we're laughing at because then Santa says, they've attacked me 12 times and <laughs> each time they've stolen the toys. And Tara, Tara literally, this is her voice, goes, 
12? <laughs> like, 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 she, first he says something where he's like, they keep, they, they won't, they, they, they won't I can't stop. get through here. They won't yeah. stop. And you're like, well, what have you done different? Like, you just like, I'm going to keep going down this one road and to this one town. <laughs> with like my sleigh or whatever yeah, it is at that dragging point, a cart a, a, or yeah. whatever it is. And that's what he does the last time. He goes, I'm going to try one more time he because goes, I'm not going to give up. Well, he goes, first, and then he goes 12. And that's when we both went, 12? Yeah. And, and then, then he, he goes, I'm going to try one more time by myself at night. And we're like, oh, yeah. And does it the same exact <laughs> way as the first time when we see them all disappear. The so it's clear he's done nothing different those other 12 times. But he's not going to give up. And well, that's and, important later on. And what do they do? They appear. Yeah, they appear, and then this is when the battle with the immortals comes oh, on. Well, yeah. So then he, so the lion does something, and then Ak eventually goes to the Aguas and is like, "You have to stop." And they're like, "You don't, you don't own us. What are you talking about?" Yeah, you don't rule us. And so then the great Ak calls on the great axe. <laughs> yes. And this axe. Now you might now understand how he got his name, like. There's, there's a. I think he calls it a silver great axe. Or silver something. great I axe, just, but A X, and his name is A K. So th- there's this other movie that I've never been able to find. It's on YouTube, but I think it's called um, the, the the Inventor of Oz or something. But it's the story of L. Frank Baum coming up with Wizard of Oz and stuff. Hmm. And it stars John Ritter, and it was on like ABC Family or it was you know something I saw. Yeah. And I I I was like the only kid who watched it because I'm like I love L. Frank Baum. Um, but there's this whole bit where he's trying to figure out, like he's telling stories, like, "Oh, there's this wonderful place," and blah blah. He's telling this diary, like, "What's it called?" And he like looks around the room, and there's a filing cabinet that's like A to N, and then the next drawer says O to Z, and he's like Oz. Oh, that's so. Funny. I think he's very inventive, but his naming isn't always the most like yeah. the Laughing Valley of Ho Ha Ho. Like it's yeah. silly, but it's also like. Not super... On the nose a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. So, yeah. So this axe comes out, and so they battle, and then the Aguas... Oh, can I talk about this whole scene in detail? Yeah, this go is my, ahead, because this is, let, I just have the defeating part with the axe. Well, let's back up a little bit, because like I was saying earlier, I used to watch the heck out of this. We had it on VHS. Taped off of taped, the Taped, and I, I missed the first part, so I missed the... Uh, the the credits over the procession of a yeah you didn't miss much because they um, ruined it <laughs> but I used to watch it for the Aguas and for this battle scene I used to read it's two chapters in the book where they do the whole thing with the Aguas and they didn't do the battle and I loved it and they all I, I like they all have here's a question yeah did you read the story before you saw it no or I other saw way it around? first okay and then and then I learned it was a story and then I learned it was by L Frank Baum and, and so like, then you went back I think yeah. Grandma Joyce may have given it to me like because it was L Frank Baum and yeah. I'm like wait I know this story like mm-hmm. I was really excited um so uh I like would watch this one bit over and over again so that's my history with this is watching it I used to watch this battle a lot and it's the the uh. Ack and the nymphs and the nooks and the rills and the imps and whatever are all against them. But they all have like tree branches and thorns and stuff. And the mm-hmm. Aguas have gotten the Tartary Giants, the uh, Wind Demons of something, the Goozle Goblins, and the Mighty Dragons. They've gotten yes. like all these big And the creatures. dragon is very cool. Very cool. And the dragon, it's kind of like a, 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 a Asian dragon look to it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it comes, at the, it comes at a nymph and the nymph like pushes the fire back with a branch and then it just burns it and then like the the nook turns the giant little another guy gets turned into the goozle goblin i think is what it's called gets turned into a uh 
like a, th- a thorn, a thistle. Yeah. And then this big demon looking thing. He, you know, in the With book. With three eyes, right? Yeah. No, the, the giant has three eyes. Oh, okay. The, the demon, the winged demon bat thing. Um, it's another like He-Man situation where in the book, I'm pretty sure act like chops him up with the axe in this one he like hits him with like a laser out of it it's like he man yeah it's the axe but the axe all of a sudden can can shoot lasers slash lightning slash fire and just like disintegrates yes so then they're like charge and then the the aguas run away and it crossfades to him going don't worry, Claws, the Aguas have perished. And apparently they cut this scene where they, like, chase the retreating Aguas into the mountains and, like, murder them. And is that in the book? No, I think in oh. the book they say they, like, return to the mountains. I think they imply that, like, the Aguas kind of perish on their own. Like, they maybe, they turn into the rocks or oh, something. Okay. Like, it's, it's it's something to where they're gone, but it's not yeah. like, and then we murder them. Yeah. So after that epic battle... Santa goes back, or Claus. I keep saying Santa. It's the same, it's the but same they guy. refer to him as Claus. Oh, in, we'll in find movie. out why they call him Santa later when they're and, a dumb little kid. And he still wants to give these toys to the children, but now the toys are too heavy. So this made me imply that he had gotten the stolen toys back. He hasn't yet, listeners. No, this but is just... when he said that the toys are too heavy, why were they not heavy before? Like he tried I, to get maybe them. Uh, maybe the implication is the battle lasted longer than we thought. So he was These making are just like all, he was making toys. The there's whole a time. weird scene where he tried. It looks like he's trying to run to the battle, and then like someone stops him. And he's like, they're like, yeah. No, so you maybe can't he go. was making toys during the whole battle. I don't know, but they're too heavy now. What will we do? Who's gonna help me? I can't do this. After trying the same thing twelve times, thirteen times, thirteen times, and having it fail, he seems very easy to try things once. <laughs> like. Oh, these are too heavy. Oh, we're done. So he's frustrated. <laughs> and so then he gets help from... Peter Nook. And he has reindeer. And so he says, you can use these reindeer and they'll help you pull your sleigh. I don't know that he calls it a sleigh yet. But they'll help you pull the toys, but you need to be back by daybreak. And so the other thing that I found interesting in this is it's not really Claus that comes up with all the things that are traditions of Christmas. It's the circumstances yes. for the most part. And it's he not comes even... up with making the toy for children and liking it, but then the children are like, oh, we'd love to wake up to a surprise. Yes. And then Peter gives the gives the kind of, um, not idea, but the, the rules. You have to do this rules. one. Yeah, yeah. So daybreak. a lot of the rules, the lore and... of Santa in this are developed by other people, not Santa himself. It's literally... Like, I'm a curmudgeon, and I just, you better have him back in the morning. Like, there's no, like, they'll, they'll be no tired. Reason. He's just yeah. a jerk. So then this is where he sings the ho-ho-ha-ha song, is what I wrote. song is, is generous. <laughs> like, it's, it's a couple lines, and that's it. Yeah. So he goes through the valley. Now he's with the reindeer. Tinkler's with him. Tingler. A tingler. Tinkler is his uh, cousin we don't talk about. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Tingles. He doesn't this tinkle. This is what this movie... I mean, he's covered in bells, so I guess he kind of tingles. But... This is what this movie's done to me. <laughs> so he knocks on the door of the first house, and he gives up so easy. He knocks on the door. The door <laughs> like, is locked. jiggles the door. He gives up so easy after trying 13 times to get these children these toys. You think he'd try a he little goes, bit harder to get goes, into the house. The door's locked on this one and first house we've looked at. 
Better take all the toys home. Not like, he's like, this is a pattern that will persist through the entire world. Well, and at first I thought, oh, maybe the children aren't in orphanage. It's one house. But no, there's many houses, many children in different houses. He just gives up. And in my notes, I wrote, what the hell? Like he was so (laughs) determined to give these toys and then gives up so easily. Like he just remembered locks existed. He's like, oh, right, locks. We can't do this. (laughs) Yeah, so defeated. And so, and not even like, oh, we can't break in, right? Just like, oh, I can't get in because the door's locked. Not like this is a, this is, it's not okay to break into someone's yes. house, right? Like none of that is there. So then. Tingler. Tingler. Now I'm going to second guess it. Tingler sees a chimney. And so he gets the idea. Again, someone else gets the idea that like you should go in by going down the chimney. So he does that. And then I guess this is his doing he sees the socks hanging on the the mantle to dry Mm -hmm. and he puts toys he's like what a great place to put a toy those socks are very small and those toys were itty bitty to fit in those socks just saying but the things you like choose to harp on in this in this bizarre (laughs) like mushroom trip of a movie uh so then uh he Leaves toys with the children while they're sleeping, and then we kind of see he goes to multiple houses. We see the next morning the kids get up, and they're like, who did this? And like the mom's like, it's that saint, Claus, because he is his toys are the only ones in the world. And I'm just like, this place sucks. Yeah. Um, and then, and so then, then they're when, like, Saint Claus, and then the other dumber kid goes, Santa Claus. And I'm like, no, Saint. They said Saint. Yeah. But and, they had to get in, like, why they call him Santa Claus, I guess. Yeah. And then we looked up uh, St. Nicholas, because I was wondering, is he really the patron saint of children? And yes. we found out that... Uh, it's not only children, it's... It's really a lot of different groups of people who are down and out, or... Also brewers. That was the yeah, other Yeah, brewers was an interesting one, but maybe brewers, looked down upon because prostitutes, alcohol. repentant thieves... Uh, and other stuff. Well, yeah. I, I don't know. It just seems like jolliness that kind of goes with it. I don't know. It's probably just over time. I feel like it's always like a lot of people gravitate towards different, like a saint like gets more than one thing. Yeah. It's not like Greek gods. Or it's like the Greek god of this one thing. Of, of the water. Or right, whatever. right, right, right. Yeah. So then when he comes back, he wants to make the children happy. And so he says, you know, can I use the reindeer again? And Peter again, gives this rule for no reason that says, well, you can only use them on Christmas Eve. Which, okay, so is Christmas previous to this, like... I like, don't know. They've never Christ- mentioned They've Christmas. never mentioned Christmas. They've never like, mentioned I'm curious Christmas what Christmas was before. Moment. It was just like, we just get up, we cut down a tree and stick it in the house. And that's I don't it. even <laughs> think they do the tree because Claus mentions fair, the fair, tree fair, tradition fair. later. So I don't know what exactly Christmas Eve was in this world, but Peter just picks this arbitrary time that you can use them, but they have to be back by daybreak. If I hadn't stopped on the Aguas battle in the book, I probably would have had better answers for you. I apologize, That's listeners okay. and my wife. I'm That's so sorry. Right. So uh, so Santa says, well, that's only like 11 days from now or something. So he's already delivered toys once in December. And he's like, well, they'll be so disappointed. And I was shouting at the TV at this point because I was like, no one has ever gotten toys from him before. They just got toys from him. They're expecting nothing on Christmas mm-hmm, Eve. Mm-hmm. Like, they have no expectation. So he just put, like, this pressure on himself, but he really didn't have right. to. Uh, so 
that's the new plan. Is they're gonna make these toys? And well, then he says, if I could get the toys the Aguas stole, we'd be fine. And they're like, no, you can't. Yeah, because I can't make enough toys in eleven days or right. however many days. It and is. then he just gets those toys from Peter. He just Nook. Peter goes out with the reindeer, and now it's a red sleigh, and goes and finds the toys and delivers them to Santa. Who then Santa goes out and delivers them to yes. children. So then it cuts back to the Council of the Immortals. Well, this is where oh, the sorry. Christmas tree... I just wanted to mention this because they do mention a Christmas tree, but they don't call it a Christmas tree. Um, Santa, you can tell he's getting tired. And so he says, well, a way that you can all remember me is by doing this tradition every year of putting the toys on the tree. And so essentially it's like have, ornaments. Yeah, it's like ornaments on the tree. Well, so I think that's they used where, to put like, toys in the tree in, like, old traditions. Yeah, so he's like, you can put the toys on the tree, and yeah. the tree is outside of his house, and that's a way that you can remember me, because I am mortal, and, you know, my time is Death done. looms throughout this entire children's well, production. Well, he, <laughs> he had 50 mortal years, and so, yes, when it cuts back to the immortals, like Ryan said, it said, you know, he had 50 mortal years to do all of this and the spirit of death is upon him. That phrase is just so dark and used multiple times in this film. And so that's where they decorate the tree every year is there. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the great Ack takes a vote and says, you know, I think he is deserving of this immortality. What do all of you think? And basically everybody all, votes yes. They all say yes. They give him mortality. I, I'm a little checked out at this point because after the Aguas battle, I'm like, I know the rest of this. Like, I just am so into Well, the basically, battle. Claus goes to sleep and they say sleep well, but I think Claus thinks that, like, that's his last God. sleep. Like, because he's preparing himself. He's saying goodbye. He's telling them to do this tradition with the tree. And then as he closes his eyes, I think one of the, the, the wood nymphs, she knows. I don't know if it's his mother or if it's a different one. But she knows... That they voted that he's going to be immortal, but he doesn't know that. Mm-hmm. And then he wakes up and he's immortal. Right. And that's pretty much the end. Yep. And then they do uh, some, uh, like, the, the credits are over, just just still shots of sets. <laughs> yeah, which all of the credits should have been there versus right. in the beginning. Um, I, I, we're kind of nearing the end here. I, I you know, uh, our first thing is to discuss one out of five Mombi heads, how traumatic this is i don't think it's very traumatic but it's very weird i would say it's a two yeah same i want to give it a three for the one phrase the spirit of death is upon santa claus (laughs) but i think the looming specter of death throughout this whole thing of a beloved children's the first 10 minutes santa is going to die that's like the first (laughs) 10 minutes of the movie yes uh but i would say it's probably more realistically a two but that like the heaviness and the um what's the word i'm looking for the the morbidity of it the kind of like santa's going to die yeah not the finality of it but the the cons- the the stakes are very yeah. high and there's a word i'm thinking and they of, and they I kind of refer of to them flippantly cuz they're all immortals yeah so it's not a big deal to them. Like, another another dude dies um do you when when you see something like this similar to um, Return to Oz or Ernest Scared Stupid, and I'm just like these are movies I love. Does it 
do you do you have like a weird insight into like like do you ever see this and go mm, I get I get a little bit why this one especially Return to Oz listeners I don't know if I shared on air but apparently I watched that all the time as a child <laughs> I just don't remember it right a bunch um, of people were like Tara we I've watched that with you yes but uh, no this one I get a lot of insight into just. You love your love of lore. I don't know how else to say it, but you love cryptids and the lore behind those. And you love, um, is it Nordic? Like Norse. Mythology. I, I like, like yeah. yeah. That that type of stuff. Greek mythology you're very interested in. I and, like weird monsters. Like Yeah, so I think this has all of those elements. Yeah. So it very much makes sense. I All more... the elements of a classic Christmas movie. <laughs> Lore, Norse mythology, <laughs> monsters. <laughs> I, Santa Claus, uh, who is real, not a myth. Uh, just for anyone who's wondering where I stand on Santa Claus. But uh, what I want to say, listeners, is it is bonkers, but I think it is 100% worth watching if you can find it. Ryan, I think, is going to try to see if the clips are on YouTube where you could kind of watch some of it or put it together. <laughs> hey, if you can't find it on YouTube, just get at us and I will send you my DVD if you promise to send it back. <laughs> I, yeah, I was like, no, I'm not giving that up. I'm not giving it away. I'm treasuring that now. I will give it away to people. I'm glad you enjoyed this. I had a, such a good time watching this with you. I'm glad someone else is infected by this. Like, it feels like when you try and explain a dream to someone, but you go, hold on, let me go buy it on Amazon and we'll watch it together. Yeah, well, (laughs) and listeners, thank you for taking this journey because I can imagine when I go back and listen to the edited version of this (laughs) that it is going to be a wild ride. Yeah, so thanks for listening to our best episode yet. Yes. Um, We, uh, as always, please remember to rate, review, subscribe, and tell a friend about our podcast. We will be back next week with Claus, a little bit closer to a more traditional Santa Claus story and a wonderful, wonderful movie you should check out before then if you get the chance. And On Netflix. And for the last time, I am making the promise that our next childhood trauma theater will actually be the oh never-ending my gosh, story. Yes, I we keep pushing it back for <laughs> holiday stuff. I am sorry. It is coming next time. So please, please wait for that one, listeners, and we'll see you next time. Take care. Well, children, I hope you've all enjoyed this episode. I know I did. Now, if you want to let Tara and Ryan know what you want next year for Christmas, you can send them an email at trprincessdiaries at gmail.com or call them on the very easy-to-remember hotline, 707-YO-TRPD-1. That's 707-968-7731. If you want to stay off the naughty list, please give this podcast a five-star review on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podbean.com, or wherever you hear it. Stay safe and be good, everyone. Happy holidays to all, and to all a good night. Ho, 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 ho!